Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew today for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. A big moment in history uh, this week as we're celebrating 40 years of the movie Airplane. Surely you can't be serious. Oh, it's true. 40 years. Leslie Nielsen. I met him once, by the way. And uh, maybe I'll share that little antidote. A little bit later on, but we got to talk about that and celebrate it accordingly on Just Plain Radio. It's just what we do. Also, we do have some drone news that is just something we cover as well, kind of like a little personal sidetrack or deviation I tend to take every now and then. Uh, but this one is uh, interesting and disturbing at the same time. That's coming up. But first, we kind of have to backtrack a little bit because Dennis was... Um, well, he was at the largest air show of 2020, we uh, figured out a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, it wasn't meant to be that way, but because, you know, Sun and Fun was canceled, Air Venture was canceled, and the whole thing, this event you went with all the uh, YouTubers that we were talking about a little bit uh, last week and the week before, um, ended up being the biggest, probably, aviation event maybe for 2020, right? It's really hard to believe that in the middle of July, we're in a field in Kansas with about a hundred airplanes and a couple hundred people. And that's going to be the biggest air show for the year because everything else was sidelined. You know, so it wasn't really a massive event per se, but it's a quality over quantity, maybe. I don't know. but It uh, definitely was a quality event. I mean, it, it was the most fun aviation weekend I had because there was just nonstop action, whether it was people flying their private beach jets and doing low approaches and coming in to get the $100 hamburger or people out flying in a J3 Cub seeing how slow they could go in the 25 mile an hour uh, headwinds that were, you know, pretty much the whole weekend. Uh, it was just, it was crazy. It was fun. It was just down to earth uh, event for just the average person. It was really, really fun. All right. So we sent Dennis out there in his Mooney 201 to do some man on the street stuff. So who did you talk to, Dennis? I spoke with Dan Greider. He's one of the organizers of the uh, ACCA awards and uh, we had found a couple minutes to sit down inside the air conditioning to escape the uh, the hot weather. And we were discussing the turnout, the temperatures, the winds. And we thought that even though these weren't exactly an ideal weekend, as far as temperatures, the turnout seemed to exceed our expectations. And I believe he agreed. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, were you expecting this kind of a turnout for this first event? Well, we did not know what to expect. So we wanted to cater to our YouTubers. We've got about 32 YouTube channels here, and we've given them the priority on uh, what we're bringing into their event, and then the other people that are here, the other 100 airplanes are their followers and the people, but we didn't know how many airplanes to expect or what kind of a following, Uh, so since we only started on on this project in May, May 1, we didn't know what to expect at all, but it's a great turnout, and yes, we've got three runways here. I flew all morning this morning giving rides to YouTubers in a Piper Cub. The runway I was using was 160 feet long, and I was doing touch-and-goes with YouTubers on a grass 160-foot runway. I built the runway, 160 by 30. That's all I need. 
and I think you were using probably about half of it with the 20 mile an hour winds at least that we have going on right now. 25 mile an hour headwind and that uh, thing steps up off the ground. Love that thing. We've been seeing some pretty impressive demonstrations out here with the, with the various airplanes. Did you see the Cub flying? I did see the Cub flying. We actually saw the Cub hovering yesterday. We thought somebody put a rope on it and was just a kite out flying. He was just hanging over the approach end of the runway. Yeah, yesterday the winds were not quite as strong as they are today, so I did it again today. I was trying to get the Cub to fly backwards and I'm, I'm within five knots of getting it to fly backwards, but if you watch that, you see it stall. I'm only at a thousand feet, but it enters a full stall and the nose falls. And I, you know, I'm right there on the edge, full power and nose up and hanging it on the prop, trying to get it to fly backwards. Just not quite enough headwind today. Not enough wind in Kansas. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. Well, not for that, but great time out here. Perfect conditions for doing stole stuff on our, our two stole runways out there. So we've been playing. Me and Corey and Flying Cowboys and all those guys have been playing on those grass runways for two days now. Well, and the venue here is just absolutely amazing. This is a fly-in community. This isn't uh, you know just a, your typical city-owned GA airport. This is a, a privately owned community. It's a public airport. It's privately owned, but it's a public airport. It gets federal funding, so anyone can land here. No control tower, 5,000 feet. You can do whatever you want to do here. If you're looking for somewhere to retire and you want to be with the airplanes, this is one of the nicest uh, facilities I've seen. We're in the air-conditioned section. They've got another open-air patio with a hangar door to walk out. Plenty of room. You can sit and watch the planes coming and going and people milling around. And they had a trombone player last night here that you would not believe. We actually had a unique one-in-a-million deal. We had me and a lady showed up. Her husband is a pilot. And she's a trombone player. So she came up on stage, and we did dueling trombones. We did a bunch of jazz and rock stuff, but she was awesome on trombone. So now, Did she happen to bring her trombone, too? No, I brought two. See, ah. She borrowed one of mine. She played my spare, and I played my main. So worked out perfect. Well, Dan, is this going to become a, a regular event now? It's going to be up to the YouTubers to decide if they want to come back and if they want to do it again. We've provided tons of free benefits free food, easy to get here and easy to participate. We've spent a tremendous amount of money. We catered to those YouTube channels to make them feel welcome and to take care of everything they needed in order to come here. It's going to be up to them on whether they want to do a second year or not. Anything we can do to build awareness to general aviation and help make people safer, help get people interested in our sport, in our lifestyle, I think is a great benefit to the industry. Yeah, and you know, you're in the electronic medium business. It's going to be podcast, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook for the next few years. The one that's really on the way out is going to be print. What's on the way in... Is what you we're doing influ- right now, right? What, exactly. You, as a social media influencer, this is going to be the wave of the future. And I think people love podcasts. They love driving to work and listening to an aviation podcast. They love it. So Just I tune think, out and tune in. Yeah, you got a great product. I think you're on to something. Uh, there's a lot of good aviation podcasts out there, and maybe next year we'll uh, include all the aviation podcasters as well. Let's hope that next year we don't need to do this because of a lack of uh, Oshkosh and Sun and Fun. I'm sure we'll be back to full scale with Oshkosh again, but this location worked out good, probably as a stopping point for those wanting to go on to Oshkosh. you got to admit, it's easy to get here. There's no fees free camping, free parking, free everything. No armbands required to land your airplane here at Stearman Field. Uh, we'll see what happens for next year. Dan, thank you so much for inviting us out and uh, and putting this event on in the first place. You betcha. Good to see you. Thank you. That was pretty cool there, Dennis. I mean, it sounds yeah. like, uh, you know, he was really into it and it, it kind of surprised them how well it uh, came off. Would you agree? Yeah. I would agree. I think it was a, a really pleasant surprise that, you know, being that they didn't know what to expect and 
you know, for it to come off as well as it did. Um, I think they were also kind of caught short when they, you know, invited just the YouTubers out. And then we reached out through um, Brian at uh, Just Plain Silly Mm -hmm. to see, you know, hey, can we just come out and, you know, cover it just from a, a media standpoint? And they, they, you know, that all of a sudden opened up a whole nother conversation of, wow, you know, maybe we should get some of these other, um, you know, the podcasters that are out there. And you start to look at the the other people that are in our industry that are producing, whether it's the EAA and their green dot or aircraft owner maintenance and his podcast that he does. There is so many sources of information now for general aviation pilots to to stay engaged and active in, uh, you know, with content and news information and just general learning well we have to figure out a way to win something if we go out there next year uh being that we're not a pod well we're we're not a youtuber uh thing you know what i'm saying so but maybe well we can they come up did with some- create some custom categories of awards i mean uh, like just plain what? silly actually won an award for having the best podcast called just plain silly so i think that you we know, got we two out of three just yeah, plain we have just plain. So does that count? Uh, you know, we could probably talk to Dan about, you know, custom creating a category that would suit us very well. Right. You know, the only radio uh, nationwide radio show uh, devoted to aviation. Yeah, that's kind of what we, we are. Yeah, actually. yeah, I think we yeah. we might mm-hmm. fit that one really mm-hmm. well. But once again, we have the face for it, too. So <laughs> so we'd probably win an award on that respect as long as they don't take photos of the winners. Yeah. Best face for radio. Uh, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It just, just goes with the territory, but you know, I, I love the fact that they just pulled it off. I was, you know, when you were planning to go out for this event, I was kind of wondering like, gosh, I wonder if they're even going to be able to make this thing work. And it evidently was, uh, it, it did way better than they, they even thought it would. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know me, I'm always looking for an excuse to go somewhere right. and, you know, considering I was taking the day off anyway, it happened to be my birthday. What, what mm-hmm. better way to spend my birthday than flying to Kansas with my kids to go to an aviation event? I mean, that to me is an absolute ideal. Yeah. And you got some cool swag probably too, like a free pen or something. Or I what? did. I got a free pen. Yeah. I got a pocket knife. I got a Ooh. new Yeti from, uh, uh, from the organizers. Yeah, it was pretty good. And okay. if I wouldn't have had to spend so much time in the maintenance hangar fixing the vacuum pump, right. I probably would have got a free ride in a Steerman, which is still on my bucket if list. If they would have only given you a free vacuum pump, maybe you should ask that at the at the door. Yeah, no, I just got that. the bill for that. That's not free. You can hear all about that from last week's show if you didn't catch it. Coming up, Drones in Disguise. That's next on Just Plane Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight training professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. 
Flightstudentsradio.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your stewardess speaking. We regret any inconvenience the sudden cabin movement might have caused. This is due to periodic air pockets we encountered. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Airplanes, airplanes, flying all around the sky. Do you think we can take off before he gets here? Airplanes, airplanes, flying way up high. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot celebrating 40 years of the movie Airplane. You might have heard that little clip. That was from the movie, as well as uh, Shirley, You Must Be Joking, or what's the other one? You ever seen a grown man naked? (laughs) Come on. I think I picked a bad time to quit sniffing glue. Yes. There's a whole list of them. Uh, And you have a few, I guess, right? Yeah, there's there's definitely a list of them out there. I think uh, they definitely worked their way into pop culture conversations. Right. You know, other than Airplane, there's Top Gun, and that's pretty much it as far as uh, inspiring young aviators. Which which movie you think inspired me more? <laughs> Finding Nemo? <laughs> well, from diving, yes, but for for Because I haven't found anything that's inspired you to actually get your uh, pilot's license. Well, completed. no, but... How many Air- years have we been doing this show movie, together? And come on, the just, movie Airplane was, was my... Yeah. I mean, uh, Uh, just so many things to sit back and watch that. I just recently watched it again with my kids and, you know, JJ Walker checking the oil on the front and showing the dipstick or passing the credit card imprint machine through the window. And there's just all of these little sight gags and things like that to just make that movie. It still holds up 30 years later. It holds up. It's uh, definitely politically incorrect now. Oh, absolutely. There's so uh, many things wrong. That's what makes it so charming to us old farts. So, uh, you know, hey, uh, go watch it. 40-year anniversary. You know, and the uh, thing is, you know, they broke a lot of uh, barriers with that. You know, I love, uh, who was it? The inflatable pilot, co-pilot? Was that Otto. Otto, Otto, right. And I, I think that might have been a precursor to the jo- uh, drone uh, stuff that we're reading about this week. You think? Well, maybe. I mean, you know, drones are one thing. But when they start uh, making the drones to look like something else. 
you know, an airplane, uh, they, you know, they, they created this artificial co-pilot auto, but now the drones are being disguised as birds. And, uh, you know, actually we've seen a, seen this for a few years. They've, I've actually seen a drone where it actually flaps. Like, uh, oh, the, the ornithopters wings. have been out for a long time with the movable wings, but yeah, uh, this there's a, another company out now that has got drones that are actually look exactly like you know various falcons or even seagulls, mm-hmm. and they're able to disguise them so you can do long term surveillance, and people wouldn't even think twice about it because it's just it's just a seagull you know soaring around the landfill, nothing to look at here, move along, you know, you don't even notice that it's an actual drone that's. Well, Actually exactly. videoing you the whole time. Well, all those, uh, uh, all the beach shots that they've been showing on the news of the people that are not uh, socially distancing, you know, along and the not wearing their masks. Are, right. Those are obviously from drones, but they're probably from the seagull drone that uh, we get this picture of. It's pretty impressive. And you'd look up, you'd just think it was a seagull cruising by. Little do you know, it's Big Brother looking to make sure you are six feet apart. Yeah, and, and discourage people from actually looking up and, and uh, to help keep the illusion. Maybe they need to figure out some way to make the uh, seagull poop so that you know they think it's really real. Well, the, the way you know is if, if you just take a Cheeto and hold it up as high as you can in your hand, the seagull is going to come down and swoop down and take it. Uh, if it doesn't, it's probably a drone. So that's, uh, that's one way to figure it out. And then much less messy. Other than the orange, yeah, but gear think about it, having an extra button on the remote control to, to, you know, troll the crowds as it were. Okay. It'd be kind of fun. All right. Yeah. I'm starting to think you're more disturbed as I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, you rub off on me after eight years, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, the, they, they're getting very creative with their drone disguises and, um, you know, they're doing this. Obviously they want to, they want to watch you. And, you know, do it incognito or do it when you don't realize it, catching you doing things that, you know, you don't think anybody is watching, you know, like, you know, dance like no one is watching, sunbathe like no one is watching, so you might as well be naked. Well, you (laughs) know, tan lines are terrible, right? Well, of course. And I guess what, did some drone operators get caught doing just that or what? What happened? No, it was the other way around. Actually, it was the Minneapolis Park Police uh, were using a drone to surveil a uh, beach at one of the parks that it had a reputation for being a clothing optional beach, Uh even though it's against park policy to expose naked female breasts. Um, So apparently- What is wrong with people? And that's okay. (laughs) And I think there'd be a lot more people disgusted if I was going out without a shirt on. Well, okay. I'm not the one making the rules, but apparently they were using a drone and caught some footage of some people topless sunbathing and sent police officers in to write tickets. And it was kind of disturbing because here they are thinking they're at a private beach. And in fact, somebody's, you know, flying over their big brother, taking pictures of them without their knowledge and kind of creepy, kind of a interesting use of a drone for Hey, look at that seagull. Man, it's flying awful close and it just seems to hover. That's wild. How would you like to have that gig, though? Yeah, you know, you're the. You know, I could think of worse jobs. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you doing today, Charlie? Yeah, I got the, I got the nudie shift. Yeah, I'm watching the sunbathers. Make sure they're not naked. Oh man. My luck, though, would be you know like the the, the nudist colonies and whatnot. The people that are there are not the people you want to see walking well, around true. naked. You know yeah. that's that's my luck. 
Yeah, we we do actually have a nude beach, an unofficial nude beach. Off well, the, maybe you need to uh, go take your drone over there and help them out by well, providing them some footage. Well, as you said, most of the people that are naked are people that probably shouldn't be. And uh, I've seen plenty of video or pictures myself to know that I have no interest in going there. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it literally, you know, 50 miles or, you know, uh, east of Disney World. So there's not part of the villages, is it? No, no, that's a, that's a whole different, that's a whole nother can of worms. And you don't want to be flying no drones over there. You don't want that footage either. That's just a resort where that is clothing optional. No, there's a beach, uh, yeah, I think it's South of Daytona and, you know, I don't know, somewhere on the East coast, but, but it's kind of one of those unofficial places, but they do have signs up like, Hey, you're entering a beach that people have been known to be naked. So. You've been warned. So if you're offended, please leave. Yeah, but I, I don't think they police it. So it's one of those things where it's not, I don't think it's official, but it's, uh, you know, they kind of turn the other way, possibly because they've seen the people. And they don't, they can't get, <laughs> there's like, not enough bleach to get that out of your Yeah, eyes. once once again, once you see it, you can't unsee it. So uh, they, they do kind of warn people that there's a, a group that prefers to do you know, they're sunbathing in the nude. So I don't know if they have any, uh, you know, seagull flying drones for, you know, policing that area, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. And more I think about it, that, that gig's probably not as coveted as I initially thought. <laughs> At the police department, whoever's running those. All right, anyway, we'll get on to more positive stuff next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm going to fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're going to fly high without fear, you're going to have to learn to love the atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right. So uh, in Philly, a couple weeks ago, a guy landed his aircraft after an engine failure on the highway. And he's getting plenty of accolades. He was only 22 years old. Uh, other than having to, to change his shorts, uh, he came away unscathed and, and they, they're calling him a hero. They're actually uh, nicknaming him a uh, Sully. You know, he landed his plane, but I, I noticed something on the story, Dennis, that, uh, he didn't come to a complete stop until he ran into a car <laughs> in front of him, like, like bumped him, you know? So I assume he landed in the fast lane and then, you know, a car was going too slow in the fast lane and, he bumped up again, uh, up uh, against his uh, rear end, and and can you imagine what the car was thinking when he, when they felt it, and they look in the rear room view uh, mirror and realize it's an airplane. <laughs> I think they both had to change these their damn shorts. tailgaters. <laughs> I'm going to hold them off. I'm going five miles over the speed limit. What the hell? Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, I mean, I'm glad he he pulled it off well, and he should be getting all the uh, accolades he, he should. But I, but can I you just, imagine that guy's car insurance? You got hit by what? Right. <laughs> you were going how slow that I you got I was rear-ended by an airplane. 
You got run over by a Skyhawk? This is in Philly, too, so I'm not doing the right accent. Sorry. No, but. But, uh, but anyway, but, but hats off to, to them. I mean, that would be kind of a scary situation, especially that young. I would assume he is, uh, fairly new to the aviation world at 22, but heck, who knows? I mean, he, he could have been doing it several years, but he had a complete engine fail, failure evidently, or had an engine well, failure and land on and the And it highway. happened at 930 at night. So it's, you know, 930 this time of year, that's starting to get to be dark. So that's yeah. kind of dicey. Uh, you know, you start to run out of options really fast around that time. Of well, night, yeah. So. And then the car was probably looking in the rear view mirror and go, geez, he didn't even have his lights on. What the hell? Hey, wait a minute. I guess oh, maybe he geez. needs that train horn in his airplane too, so they can get him to move out of the way. Right. Isn't that what the stall horn's for? Yeah, it only works inside the plane. Oh. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. They might tell you you're on a non-stop flight. <laughs> well, I don't think I care for that. No, I insist that my flight stop. Preferably at an airport. It's those sudden unscheduled cornfield and housing development stops that seem to interrupt the flow of my day. So fly with me. Yeah, fly with me. 30,000 in the skies where you trying to be. I can take you to a place that is so exclusive. It's a view that only me, you, and the pilot see. As the clouds surround us and drown out all the troubles and sounds. Touch down in the town. Open your eyes, be astounded by the sights all around. They are incredible. Itinerary printed out, baby. I'm way ahead of you. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We are navigating the latest aviation news and information. And just uh, sharing our love of flying and, uh, you know, how we're dealing with the current situation, too, you know, with this coronavirus stuff. You know, we've talked about it before. I actually got it. I had it. I'm recovered, so I'm superhuman now. Uh, I haven't had the official test for the antibodies, but in theory, I should have them. And eventually, I will give some convalescent plasma to the, uh, to the you know, the local blood bank to help out, do my part, but I'm fully recovered. I feel fine, but, uh, it's been rough, you know, dealing with that. And, uh, we're going to talk about that, but first, um, something along the same lines or how are the commercial airlines dealing with it? You know, you, you know, they're either feeling, filling up their planes too much, or they don't have enough passengers to fill up the plane regardless. And spatial distancing isn't an issue. However, some of the airlines are looking for more long-term solutions like seating arrangements. And I saw this, uh, I know staggered seating thing. And I was like, Hmm, that, that actually kind of makes sense on a, on a few different levels. And it basically they've taken the middle seat and done what to it, Dennis? Well, they actually lowered it below the aisle in the window seats and recessed it back slightly. So instead of the current seats, which are just, you know, a slab straight across, this is putting that middle aisle person, you know, with a little bit, putting them a little bit farther behind, giving them a little bit more leg room, keeping your hips off and giving him the dedicated armrests in the middle too, so that you're not fighting with the guy next to you for who gets which armrests and, 
you know, I think it really will help make the middle seat maybe less of a stigma. You know, right. how right well, now nobody wants that because you're crammed in, you get elbow to elbow. Mm-hmm. This gives you more room. Well, and I don't with, think uh, it's going to give them any more leg room because the middle seat in front of them is going to be back a few inches as well. However, what it does address is uh, the armrest issue. So the middle person, you know, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but, you know, if I have a window seat or the aisle seat, I think I deserve the armrest. But if the middle person is in there and decides to take up both arm wrestling, well, hey, now you got to fight. <laughs> so the way like I look at it, if they got there, stuck with that middle seat, they can have the armrests. Really? You're, you're that? I say, I'm just like whoever gets there first and, and kind of stakes their claim, plants their flag. Gets but it's interesting it. is that they also made that middle seat slightly wider. So, you know, in the, by dropping it down and staggering it back, they were actually able to make the seat a little bit wider and they're doing, they're not doing this by sacrificing any additional rows either. So they're still planning on the same seating capacity. So it's right. just making better use of the space. I, I, I think it's a good idea. I do. I mean, cause it is back enough where it actually gives the middle seat a little bit of an edge. Like say, if you had a pillow, you could actually, I think it, it's enough of a, you know, a, a step back from the aisle seat and the window seat that you kind of gives you like something to almost lean your head on a little bit. Yeah, you could wedge that pillow in there very nicely. Right. And give yourself some room. But the armrest, it, the middle person would actually have their own, you know, part of the armrest towards the back of the seat. And then the aisle and the window would have the front of the armrest. So all three people could actually share uh, the armrest. And so it does make it a little bit more appealing. I can't tell though. From looking at this seat arrangement, it kind of looks like, you know, like a budget area, a uh, budget airline carrier type of uh, setup to me with the uh, seats. I mean, I see a similar type of uh, seat already with like Frontier and stuff like that. So they, and they Spirit and yeah, some of these others. Yeah. They don't recline, but you, you might have this new alternative. I don't know if that's where they're going with this. My guess is maybe, but uh, they'd be the first ones to do it because they can change stuff. Uh, because the passengers aren't paying nearly as enough to to complain about anything else. <laughs> or they're complaining so much already, it isn't going to matter if they change the seating arrangement and if the people like it or not, you think? Well, it's a fairly significant investment for these airlines to reconfigure the seats like that. I mean, you, you know, they usually only do that when the airplane goes in for their major checks. That's generally when they'll go and pull the interior and do a complete refurb like that. So yeah. it's a substantial investment, but apparently they've already launched, uh, landed a contract with one major carrier. They didn't specify which one. But uh, we should start to see this in the fleet in, in the very near future. Well, once again, uh, the picture, the way it looks to me, it did kind of look like uh, my last Frontier flight. So that's my prediction that it could be one of those carriers or front, Frontier that'll be the first to give this a, a go. Because they, they kind of have this stripped down kind of, you know, air airplane frame, aluminum frame type of look to them. So they're fairly sparse. They're actually pretty comfortable seats. But, of course, they don't recline and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, my last Frontier flight, just the seating, I was like, okay, doesn't recline, but the seats were fairly comfortable. But it, it looked very similar from the picture. So I don't know. That, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I'm guessing this isn't a luxury carrier or one of the other bigger mainstream carriers options that we're going to see, at least initially. But I do think it's a, uh, a step in the right direction you know i mean if, it's if you get, creative thinking yeah 
you know, it's better than having the middle seat turn the other way, <laughs> which, uh, you know, we've seen those uh, options too. And th- there's been talk that they could put up, you know, glass partitions or plastic partitions between each seat, you know, but if they do that, that potentially is, they're going to, you know, well, are going to have to shave a inch off the butt space there, buddy. And, you know, they're already too narrow. I'm fine with it, but, you know, other people, right? <laughs> You're not looking at me. In no, I'm not. Of area. course not. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm All working right. on it. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. All right. So look, um, you know, the, this whole coronavirus thing is affecting people, you know, on so many different levels. It's nuts. It's just nuts. But have you ever wondered how it could potentially uh, affect a private pilot in a way you may not have thought about? That, that's kind of how I felt when I read uh, Jonathan Sackier's latest medical article from uh, AOPA, because he brought up the uh, issue of how the coronavirus and the lockdown and how it's affecting business and uh, everything from a mental standpoint. And I was like, well, geez, yeah, you know, we're always uh, trying to be careful about what medications and, you know, are you physically fit to fly and all that kind of thing. But the mental side of things, of course, you think about that, but you don't really, I don't know, it just didn't kind of, I didn't think about it until I read his articles like, gosh, you know, I just know how having the coronavirus was a pain in the butt for me personally. And, and, and honestly, physically, I didn't have, you know, very bad symptoms. I just had a couple of days of like a flu and that was it for me, which uh, is, you know, how most people deal with this uh, if they're lucky. But I will tell you the mental side of dealing with it was way harder because, you know, you're locked down for two, three weeks. You're worried about, you know, things like, did I give this to someone else or whatever? Uh, I Now I can't even go out and work. How am I going to pay the bills and all this kind of stuff? I mean, you know, it, it does uh, eat at you um, mentally big time. Yeah, the it, mental state of the pilot is, is definitely something that needs to be taken into account because there's a lot of extra stresses being put on us now. You know, one, we haven't been flying in a while, so right. some of us aren't current. Mm-hmm. Maybe we've got internal stresses of... How am I going to keep making the payments on this airplane or how can I afford to keep an airplane around if I don't have a job or my wife loses her job or, you know, what's the uncertainty going in the future? So, yeah, a lot of that is extra um, stress on the pilots. Yeah. And I I didn't really think about it till I read his article and he just, you know, he he just said, look, uh, you definitely got to step back and, you know, take a self-assessment of uh, is this going to affect how you look at flying your aircraft? And, uh, and just be aware of it. It's just one more thing. You just got to kind of, you know, keep in check and, uh, God forbid if, if it's affecting you to the point where, you know, you're going to see somebody and getting help, which is perfectly understandable, you know, and they put you on medication, make sure that medication isn't going to affect your ability to fly and make the proper decisions. You know, if you're going up there and you're all depressed and stuff about uh, how the world is ending and all this stuff, then you might not be in the best headspace to be flying your aircraft. Do you think? Again, that's, you know, you need to go back and do that. I'm safe assessment. And, you know, the mental attitude is part of that, 
you know, calculation that you need to do if you decide that you're going to go exercise your privileges as a pilot. Yes. Mental is one thing. Eh, people could argue whether I'm ever going to be safe to fly an aircraft in that regard. Well, there's no danger of that, is there? Yeah. Depression's another. So I guess that's kind of where he's going with that. Check it out on AOPA.org. Jonathan Sackier's latest medical article. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. This test today, it's important. I got it. I'm going to make you look good up there. Don't worry. Okay, now let's get these pants off. Fly some planes. I'm the around the clouds. But what goes up must come down. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We are navigating the latest aviation news and information and uh, just sharing a few tips here and there that we come across to make you a better pilot or at least more aware of the things that you need to take into consideration just to make your next flight just that much better, right? That's what it's about. You think, Dennis? Absolutely. That's why we're here. Yeah. All right. So, you know, the mental fitness, depression, you know, the coronavirus, all that stuff, don't let it get you down too much, but just be aware of it. Make sure it's not going to, you know, uh, create additional problems for you. Yeah, it's just more of an awareness issue that we were bringing up there before. But uh, on the bright side, 
or the alternative thing. You know, there's more, alter, you know, I, I don't know, cool options for private pilots that you can take advantage of in this current situation of less planes in the air, especially on the commercial side of things. And that is to take your own aircraft and go to some of these bigger airports that you would never normally can even even consider uh, going to. But you could do that right now because uh, air traffic is, is so low and, and some pilots are taking advantage of it, right? Yeah, there was a, an, several articles and lots of YouTube videos about people, you know, filming uh, their bucket list flights. I mm-hmm. uh, was reading about a, a pilot who actually managed to fly into all three New York City airports, JFK, LaGuardia, and Newark, all in the same day on the same flight. Wow. You could never do that. I mean, you have a hard enough time just getting a scheduled airliner into some of those airports. And here, you know, you're able to do in one flight all three. Um, another guy was uh, was uh, reportedly had flown into Los Angeles International, you know, right into LAX. And he was number two behind another gasoline burning plane. So it wasn't even like he was the only one in the pattern. Yeah. So a lot of people are taking this as an opportunity to hit those bucket list flights. I wonder how the tower folks are feeling about this, though, because we've heard this before that they're not big fans of the general aviation community flying into the big airports. Are you with me on this or what? I would say that that would be the case on Mm -hmm. a, on a busy day where they cause a lot of spacing issues. You've got an airliner that, you know, is coming in at, you know, 150 knots, which is well past the red line speed of the average uh, bug smasher. Right. Right. So that can cause a problem. But in this case, when they're dealing with, you know, 10% 10% or less of their normal traffic volume, they probably have an entire idled runway that they could put the Cessna traffic on that wouldn't even affect the the remaining traffic flow into their airport. Well, maybe, but I mean, you know, the air traffic's so low, maybe the, you know, ATC folks are like, oh my God, finally a plane on someone to talk to. Yay. <laughs> you know, they it's, like, us. it's Charlie in a Cessna 182. What? You know, I don't know. Yeah, they, it's, it's. I don't. Maybe it's just the other pilots, the jet pilots. I don't know if ATC would care as much, but uh, I guess it depends on the area, right? You know, I tried to do this, you know, a couple of weeks ago at Minneapolis because, you know, I'm as you know, I'm working on my CFII, mm-hmm. and you know, we have to go out and shoot instrument approaches. And so I actually called the tower and I said, "Hey, do you have any problem with us, you know, trying to do like the uh, VOR one two approach or an ILS to the to the main airport?" And they said, you know, we don't have a problem in the tower, but the problem is the Metropolitan Airport Commission that owns it right. uh, will probably still assess you a landing fee, and, you know, because they haven't really come around to the idea of, hey, our volumes are way down. Maybe we should let some of these other people in. But, mm-hmm. you know, when else would I have a chance to shoot the ILS into a major class Bravo airport? Uh, this this might be a good chance to try to do that again. But you haven't done it yet, but you're considering it. I am definitely considering it. Do yep. you know what the landing fee is? It's probably about a hundred bucks for a single engine airplane. It's based on landing weight. Hmm. Even for a stop and go? Even for a stop and go. Oh, it's boy. A, yeah, yeah, the, they got you. Well, the trick would be, wouldn't it? Uh, how, how fast you know, how, how, well, it's not the stop, but how fast you go. Right. Well, and now with ADSB, there's really no hiding the fact that I was there either because they, they can easily pull up the records and see. And so, mm, you know, well. it still might be worth paying the, the fee just to get that in the logbook. Hey, just to mark it off. Mooney, yeah. you know, MSP off the list. Got I it. love the what the guy did up in New York. I think that would be really something. That'd be quite an adventure to land at all the big airports like that. But I'm guessing ATC and the other <laughs> pilots that were in the area, probably not 
fans of that whole approach. I'm just guessing. Yeah, they probably didn't notice it because the, the traffic's just not there. I mean, if yeah. you look out over your house, um, you know, what's the volume? What do you see coming over your house going into or- Orlando? Not nearly as much for sure. Yeah. But still, I'm just saying, you know, when you look at a place like uh, New York City, I, I, I would imagine they still have a few planes coming in and out. But it, it would depend on the time of day, too. So, uh, you know, I, I understand. And I'm guessing the Atlantic fees would be pretty hefty at those three, you think? Uh, it is based on weight. So, I mean, they, they, cause they can't be, you know, that discriminatory. It is a public used airport that mm-hmm. is you know, getting federal funds. So, you know, they can make it painful for you, but they, they can't be truly discriminating. And when it comes, gets right down to it, it, it'd probably be one of the easier places to, uh, to land because the runways are what, three or four times longer than what you typically, uh, typically would encounter for GA, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Uh, most GA airports are somewhere in the 3000 foot range and the most carrier, uh, grade airports are at least 6,000, if not eight to 10. Yeah. So see, I could even do that. You could probably get current in the length of the runway. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Uh, it sounds like one of those bucket list type of things. So you want to do it in your neck of the woods of Minnesota. Do you have, you have any other big, you know, uh, airports you'd like to go? I mean, are you well, thinking like obviously, New York or LAX or something or no? LAX would be, you know, just because of the history of it, you know, everybody knows LAX. So being able to say, hey, I went in and did a landing there, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, two, what was it, two years ago, I got to fly over it, um, which was, you know, impressive by itself, you know, looking down over all of those runways and seeing 747s landing, things like that. But mm-hmm. to actually be out there on the on the hard surface, that would be pretty cool. But being how far it is from Minnesota to L.A., that would be a heck of a flight to get out there. Well, it would be a, a multi-day trip for sure. All right, well, something to put on the list. We'll see if he marks it off eventually. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. I snooze. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. 